What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Urban Alchemy Podcast, brought to you by the Pitch Podcast Network, your number one destination for pop culture, news, and entertainment. I'm Eric Hawthorne. And I'm Jan Banks. We want to give a very special shout out to our listeners, and we appreciate your continued support. First, in order to keep up with us, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share the show. Also, for our Facebook users, search Urban Alchemy on Facebook and join the community. It's interactive, growing, and you'll be able to receive the most up-to-date information regarding the podcast and what we're doing here in the Kansas City area. All right, bro, you know how it is. I'm happy to be back. What's been new with you, man? Oh, not so much. Just my usual routine of trying to save the city. Save the city, huh? Yeah, absolutely, man. I look at it as we're all superheroes. We all have our day jobs. We all have our Clark Kent lives that we do. But at nighttime, we all put the cape on. We all do our nighttime hustles, our dreams, try to try to do our thing in this community to make our communities better. So, you know, in the spirit of that, I have been doing a lot. Uh, shout out to everybody I've been working with lately. It's been a lot going on here in this podcast with our interviews, with the individuals submitting music to be played on our outros. It's just a lot of synergy going on here in the city. And I love to see that. So uh, be sure to check out these recent interviews I'm doing on the nominations for the Kansas City's People's Choice Awards. And it's just been a really great experience. And I'm really blessed to be able to work with so many talented people here. So shout out to all of y'all. Shout out, as always, to all of our listeners all around KC, all around Missouri, the Midwest, the country, and the world. Thank you all so much for making the show possible. I do truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It is amazing that we're able to put this show on. Music for the episode is provided to us by Irv the Phenom and his track A Lot Done Change. He is a nominee for the Kansas City's People's Choice Award for Best Male Hip Hop Artist. So be sure to check out the track uh, at the end of the episode and let us know what you think. So yeah, just to get into it for today, we got a special guest in the building. A young man from the area by the name of Mr. Raphael Davis hit me up a couple days, no, a few days ago. Yeah, what was that? Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday? Yeah, around, yeah, yeah Saturday, actually. Yeah, Saturday, yeah Saturday. And yeah, he just had some questions about starting a podcast. And of course, I'm always willing to help those who are trying to learn the ropes because I didn't have nobody to help me out. This was all just trial and error. So anytime I can, you know, shed some light, I'm more than willing. And his brother was super receptive. You know, I, I didn't get a get a feeling that he was BS and a waste of my time. So I definitely wanted to make sure he had everything in way, you know, he needed to get his get on his own journey. So, yeah, I definitely invited him over uh, last night during an interview with Casey InfoRail. And, yeah, he was super, super dope. You held it in really well. Certain right. things you want to hop in on, you held it back. I was like, this man is a professional over here. I appreciate it. Super <laughs> dope. I saw a couple of things you definitely want to tag in on. I, I yeah, definitely yeah. understand. I was just like, I did. It was a good, good topic last night. Man. Oh, a lot and of good it was all natural. It was all natural, organic. So, yeah, I definitely was ready to hop in. But I, I held my own. I sat in the back in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, let me get this man on the microphone, see how he do. So, yeah, I invited him in to sit in once again and check Much us out. Absolutely, yeah. It's good to get some on-air experience definitely, under definitely. the belt. Today we're going to be discussing The Dark Knight Rises, which is the follow-up to the 2008 smash hit The Dark Knight. This is the third film in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, and actually my second favorite, sometimes goes between first and second favorite, out of the trilogy. This was directed by Christopher Nolan, written by his brother uh, Jonathan Nolan and David Goyer as well. Uh, once again, we have Christian Bell returning. Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, 
Gary Oldman and Killian Murphy reprising their roles from the first two films. And we have newcomers such as Tom Hardy as the villainous Bane, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as John Blake, one of the most... We'll get to that soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we quite like... I think we both quite liked him in Inception, and in this film, he was just... I like him in, at most things he's been. He's yeah. a really, really great actor. Phenomenal he's been actor. acting like forever. Since he was a kid on Third Rock from the yeah. Sun, maybe even before that. But in this film, I honestly did a lot of head scratching. Yeah, Christopher Nolan gives really good direction for his actor. So I'm really, he's just like, more boring. <laughs> like, not boring enough. More cardboard. Like, you're giving too much emotion. But he was just a flimsy, we'll get to the character. We'll get to the character and we'll dissect the character later on. But basically, this is a follow-up to the 2008 uh, smash hit, as we discussed earlier. Now, there are a lot of things that changed the course of production of this film, mainly the death of Heath Ledger, who was the uh, main antagonist in the second film. Now we have Bane, and he is introduced at the beginning of the film in one of the most inept... <laughs> yeah, would you say one of the most inept um, introductions of a character? Not necessarily the scene is not cool, but just the just the setup. Of the, the just scene, the setup is just preposterous. It's 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 not. If yeah, I, I doubt the CIA are just bringing people in bags onto a plane. Just, okay, so to set the scene up, <laughs> set the scene up. We have one of these beautiful just landscape shots that Christopher Nolan loves to do, and we get Littlefinger, uh, Peter Baelish, uh, Carcetti, uh, Mayor Carcetti. I don't know. His Aiden real name. Gillian, I believe, is his name. That fella. Uh, Amber Great character actor. <laughs> Just, I know all his characters, not his real name. But no, he gets a little cameo in this movie. And he's transporting, he's a CIA operative, transporting prisoners on this plane. And he brings on the prisoners no information besides they work for the masked man. Mm -hmm. They get on the this, and he starts, you know, uh, threatening to shoot him in the head or throw him off the plane or do whatever he's doing to try to get information. They're not cracking. Finally, we get the introduction of Bane. Which is an awesome introduction, don't get me wrong. Bad motherfucker right there. Just right. everything from his physique. And I love the fact they actually made Bane an imposing force, a very intellectual, you know, as well as physically imposing character, as opposed to just like a mindless brute. Yeah, and the Joel Schumacher version. It's certain media adaptations, like cartoons, certain cartoons. Yeah. It's like, I don't think they get Bane. I don't think they understand. He's like smart, like smart like the Batman, but like. I think in Batman, the animated series, he was done justice. Yeah, he he yeah, was yeah. very calculated. He was a businessman. He was about his dollars. I think that was the last time we saw him Latin also. Yes, yes, also. Um, and then in some of the subsequent animated films, he was just seen as a brute. And I believe in maybe some of the later shows, he was just seen as a brute. The intelligence factor was completely that was just like, eradicated from the character. Which is, uh, yeah, that's why I really love Tom Hardy because he just had that like old British guy talk, like right. like a lord of a man, and like I will take some tea with my crumpets. Right, yeah. and, I, and Christopher Nolan chose him because he said he wanted Bane to be very florid with his speech. So he wanted him to be an intellectual. He wanted him to be articulate. And one of the first things uh, where we hear Bane say is while uh, this, CIA, this nameless CIA operative is, you know, threatening to shoot people and then throw them off a plane, he's like, uh, why, won't you, why won't you talk? He's like uh, talking to the quote-unquote guys that he's throwing out the plane. See, 
mind you, these men, three men are masked that he has on the plane, so they don't know what's going on. So he's pretending to shoot them and then throw them out. And then um, the other guys that are with Bane are basically saying, Bane speaks up and says, perhaps he's wondering one, why one would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. Like, that doesn't even make doesn't sense. Make sense Just like you bringing these people on, on your plane. Uh, so... Bane is unmasked. You know, we get our first look at the masked man. We get to, you know, get to see, you know, Bane in all his glory. And, you know, he has a brief conversation with this CIA operative or whatnot before it just all breaks loose. And then um, basically the CIA operative is like, okay, so we're thousands of feet up in the air. What is your what is your plan now? What's 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 a part of your master plan? How are you going to get out of this? And he's like, oh, crashing this plane with no survivors. And then that's basically when the plane gets hijacked. And um, it's from there. The story is pretty much set up. Bane takes Dr. Pavel, who is also on that plane, who I believe is like a world renowned nuclear physicist, uh, kidnaps him and then. In Nolan fashion, basically brings a corpse onto the plane. Yeah, because you can switch someone's blood. You can switch somebody's blood. As everyone knows. <laughs> yes, and basically pumps Dr. Pavel's blood into this corpse, which... You're right, that's Christopher Nolan shit. Don't think about it too don't much. Don't think about it too much, but just just go with it. Which like, makes why does this man have two, two DNA samples? <laughs> right. And so, basically, then the plane is crashed, Bane escapes, and the... One of the most interesting things out of this whole thing is, like I said, he's brought on board with a couple of people. One of the guys uh, gets ready to depart the plane <laughs> with Bane, and Bane says, he's like, no, uh, they're going to expect to find one of us in the wreckage, brother. You need to stay, basically. And then the guy responds, have we started the fire? And he says, yes, the fire rises. And I thought that was really dope, just how the dedication to Bane's plan and leadership. Yeah, I love that guy's acting because it was just like he didn't hesitate or anything. Just, I, I would have been like, what, what about Mike over there? Like, <laughs> right. he, he just got here two weeks ago. Like, right. No, I would have been like, uh, yeah, but he, and he does that throughout the movie where like nobody really questions him twice. Exactly. Uh, he's just like, he's, especially that scene where he's just like, you know, search him, search the, the, the body and then I'm going to kill you. Oh yeah, that is a great scene. Um, uh, in the sewers. Yeah, when when they're in the sewers, he's like, um, "Why did you bring them here?" Yeah, he's, he's like, "He's like, why did you why did you bring? What, no, what are you doing here?" He's like, and then he answer him. He says, "Answer him, kiss Commissioner Gordon." And he's like, "No, I was talking to you." And he's like, "Oh, this is Commissioner Gordon, X, Y, and Z." He's like, "So you bought him here?" Yeah, like, he's just thinking like. He's the voice of reason. Like right. he's kind of like our voice. Like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> like why, it doesn't why make you, any sense. Why would you bring him to our evil headquarters? What sense does that make? He must die. And that, then he's like, um, basically, he's like, okay. He's like, search <laughs> him. He's like, and then I'll kill you. And then I will kill. You. He says he doesn't say I'll kill you. He said, and then I will kill you. And then he searches him, uh, and basically fulfills his promise. Uh, he goes on the guard what he shoots at commissioner gordon because commissioner gordon escapes that situation right well there's two men he shoots one first and he he dies and then commissioner gordon yeah he jumps out and tries to make it through the uh no he 
chokes one. Yeah, one breaks his neck, and then the other one he shoots him. He shoots him, but he's like, okay, well, it's like he's okay. So they start shooting at Commissioner Gordon as Commissioner Gordon falls into the waterway, and then he said. He's dead. He's like, okay, well, then show me his body. He's like, well, there's got to be a thousand different outlets here. There's no way he can survive. And then he's like, follow him. He's like, follow him? What do you mean follow him? He shoots him and just pushes him into the waterway after him. And yeah, that just shows. GPS phone on him so he can track the body. <laughs> right. We're jumping ahead. We always do this. We get super, super I know. We get so disoriented. But that opening shot, I love. And I think that's why maybe Batman Begins doesn't get as much shine as the other two because it doesn't have that grand theatrical opening that the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises has. Right. Like that bank robbery scene is just iconic. That shit is just like super dope from start to finish. Yeah, I think that's a scene that they'll show in like... Film school. Film school yeah. 20, 30, 40 years from now uh, with uh, Heath, Le- Heath Ledger's Joker. I just think that it is uh, a really well shot scene. I think this scene is done very well also, but it's kind of like an alternate version of that bank robbery scene. And I think that's where uh, some of the gravitas kind of diminished from that. It's super fantastical, but the fact that they did this in real life, like they took a smaller crane, smaller plane and crashed it from a bigger plane, it's just like, oh, that's super dope. And just that effect. These are all practical effects, too. Yeah, everything with the exception of Chris, uh, fucking, what's his name? Hardy, Tom Hardy, right from the plane, right. Just an incredible opening introduction. And what's the time jump from that? The time jump is, I believe, eight years from the first. I mean, the Dark Knight. So the film actually doesn't begin with that particular air robbery, high scene, whatever you want to call it. it actually, opens up with a scene in which. Uh, we see Gary Oldman's character, Chris, I mean, uh, Commissioner Gordon, speaking at uh, Harvey Dent's funeral, mm-hmm. memorial service, because this whole film is basically based off a lie that uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman came up together, that, you know, Harvey Dent is some sort of beacon of hope, which he was. But then when he actually became Two-Face, then that was something completely different. There was a lot of atrocious crimes committed by Two-Face. And as we said in the last uh, review, all these people that Two-Face killed that we cannot... Yeah, off-screen, that we can't figure out who they actually are, which seemed to have hit the cutting room floor or something, because it just absolutely makes no sense. But there's been... uh, The Dent Act has been passed. It's legislation... Good time uh, Raphael, uh, so you, uh, good thing about having you on, you haven't seen this movie that many times. You, no. you're, you've seen it, but you haven't really sat down with it. Like right. And it. really break it down and watch it from like big to big and understand like each, each part you've seen. Uh, so did you see it when it first came out? Uh, I've probably seen it probably, like, probably a month or two after it came out. Okay, so you wasn't on TV. I was driving show. on the road, so I wasn't really on TV and okay, stuff. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. so. I kind of miss it, but you know, you get the people say, "Man, you gotta watch the show. You gotta watch that movie." So I try to go catch it when I can. Okay, okay. So not a huge movie. Guy. That's good. You get to look at it with a with the open, you know, first time view. Right, 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 right. That's dope. So watching uh, the did you see the first two Dark Knight movies? Batman yeah. Begins. Dark I think Batman Begins for sure. 
Okay, are you a big Christopher Nolan fan? I'm not too big on the act. I'm at the directors. Okay. I don't really know them by name. So Have you seen that. Inception? Yes, I did with, uh, with uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. yes, I did. And that movie was crazy. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. Just, you're using crazy as a... As a, as a good crazy. Like, oh, confusing. man. Confusing. No, it was confusing, but you had to go back and watch it again because there's a lot of in and outs. Well, see, that's that's the crux of our, our little series here. Is I, my, my stance is Christopher Nolan does this confusing shit, right. and he's too lazy to explain it. Okay. Eric yeah. just says it's just great filmmaking. You should lean into it. Give him his space. Okay. No. I think, um, you know, I was really into it. It, it, it. I couldn't, like, walk away. It was like, it's a good two-hour movie. He does good. Yeah, he does good, like, keeping your keeping attention. Yeah, like, With his okay. fast-paced dialogue, yeah. you know, action hits. Uh, pacing for this movie, I, I would say it's probably a, a lot slower paced than the previous movie. Um, I just feel like they have, there are these chunks that slow the movie down. Like, his little, at the beginning, his, his uh, Howard Hughes act. Oh, which he's acting all depressed and old and isolated. Not shaving his, his skin. Yeah, hand. where he's a recluse for all these years. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't like the time jump either. It was too a decade because it, yeah. it just was too big for the. Well, he was trying to. The whole film really is kind of like trying to pay respect to Heath Ledger. So there's. No mention of the Joker's character whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to distance himself in between the events of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Um, so the whole film is basically predicated off this legislation that um, Gordon and City Hall have come up with honoring Harvey Dent. Uh, so it's called the Dent Act. It's basically locking up Gotham's most tough and you know severe perpetrators in Blackgate prison and in Arkham Uh, but that's basically based off a lie because of the atrocious crimes that Harvey Dent has uh, committed and so that is basically Gordon's legacy here and Batman's legacy but nobody has seen the Batman in eight years I guess everything's all hunky-dory nobody's been inspired to commit any severe crimes in that time span until now we see Bane. So when we're introduced again to Bruce Wayne, as John Michael said, he's a recluse. He's been in Wayne Manor for all these years, mourning the death of Rachel Dawes. You know, uh, basically, he's still a relatively young man, but he's battered, bruised, um, and beaten. And his mentor, Michael Caine, does not like to see this. Michael Caine uh, being Alfred, his surrogate father, he's seeing him um, just basically moping around all the time. And this hurts him because he wants happiness. He wants him to, he thought that once he gave up the life of Batman, he would be happy. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really thought about last time that I wanted to make sure to bring up is he walks with this limp and he has this problem with his leg after right. falling from what, three stories from a construction site. Right. And in that very same movie, he falls from an entire skyscraper. That's true. Onto a car. Right. From the penthouse. And walks away. All right. And it's just like, wait, why why did that mess him up? But the, the fall from heaven. Like, I was Better just like, suit. I don't, I don't. Better suit. Better suit. It didn't, no. No. It uh, got worse. But you remember, <laughs> at some, at basically at some point in time in this movie, 
Batman actually visits a doctor and the doctor basically tells him everything that's wrong with him. You have this, you have this X, Y, and Z. You have no cartilage in your knee. And this is over. This is just from a year and a half of basically being Batman. So people have looked at that and said, you know, that's not really possible just for being a year and a half as the dark Knight. You wouldn't have those extensive injuries. You would have a lot of injuries, but the fact that you don't even have cartilage in your knee is just a little bit going. Kenyan marathon runner. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but during this time, we're introduced to who? Catwoman, uh, Selena Kyle. Uh, at the beginning of the film, she steals. Uh, what did she steal from Bruce Wayne? She steals the necklace, his mother's necklace, yes, from she... the vaults, uh, which becomes the wider part of the master plan, subplot for uh, what's the guy, Daggett? Roland Daggett. Roland Daggett. Uh, played by that, that actor who always Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, M- Mendelsohn. He always plays a villain. He always, <laughs> no matter what. Like, even if he's playing a good guy, I'll be like, he's up to something. <laughs> yeah, he plays a critic in uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Uh, yeah, he uh, Ready Player One. He plays the uh, antagonist in that movie as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole corporate subplot, which also doesn't make sense to me. But it's just like he got his fingerprints, and then he was able to steal all his money. And I was just like, is that how m- money works? Yeah, that's not was exactly. It, was it cryptocurrency? Well, remember they use that for the stock exchange for them <laughs> at the stock exchange to uh, basically perpetrate as uh, Bruce Wayne's identity. Yeah, but they know it was like a breaking at the stock right. Exchange. And there, yes, that's one of the things, the loopholes in movies. Like, well, would this really go through without a financial advisor signing off on it, exactly. et cetera, et cetera? The medallion signature guarantee. It, don't get me wrong, that is a great scene. With Bane uh, basically taking hostages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that's actually our first introduction to Batman in the film. Yeah, because he comes out of retirement. Um, yeah, Selena Kyle kind of spurs him to start doing research on what's going on. And he, you know, Bane comes. And that's a great, uh, he just fucks these people up at the door going through the metal detector just with a helmet. Uh, what was it? A motorcycle helmet. Right. Yeah, and it's just, uh, and then I also, Alfred has that great scene where he's watching that footage and talking to Bruce, like, you can't fuck around with this guy because he's going to kill you. And Bruce being, you know, Batman, like, I'm Batman. And he's just like, I can take him. And that, you know, it's just like, yo, this dude is a monster. Like, he's a gorilla. Like, that's all I thought when I saw Bane on screen. Like, that's a living gorilla with the mind of a genius. Right. And he he was actually scary because, like, if that guy was in front of you, he could, like, uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones where he just crushed that guy's skull. Mm-hmm. That's how Bane can do you. And it's just like if he's that close to you, he'll just rip your jaw off off screen. Yeah, uh, Bane was physically imposing in this film, but yeah, he was intellectually imposing, imposing as well. Uh, he was smarter than, I believe, everybody, everybody. <laughs> everybody in this movie. He always had a plan thought out. It was a very methodical, well-thought-out plan and a plan that had been brewing for, oh, almost a decade, apparently. And uh, we kind of get an introduction to other players in the film, such as uh, Marion Cotillard's character, um, Miranda Tate. Is that her name? 
Marion Cope. I Cope. Ne- that doesn't I, even ring a bell. L- let I know me let, her let's exactly. actually Marion Brad Pitt. I believe he was called Allied. Yeah, she's in, also in one of my favorite Tim Burton movies, Big Fish. Oh yeah, and yeah, she yeah, did yeah. a great job in that film. Uh, actually, uh, we need to do Big Fish. I don't, I, think, would, I, I don't think a lot of people have seen. No, it. Okay, you know what? I think that's one of my favorite Tim Burton films. I, I understand people love Edward Scissorhands, the Batman, uh, the two Batman films, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas. But Big Fish is one of the most beautiful films that I've ever seen. It's actually a film that has a lot of sentimental value and can kind of bring a little tear to your eye. No, no, it's definitely sad. Like yeah. the ending, it's like, it's just such a fantastical, grounded movie. It's just right. like, how do you, yeah, it's good. We go, yeah, we we, we've got to do Big Fish. Put that on the agenda. We're going to need to do Tim Burton next or something. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're introduced to uh, Miranda Tate's character who is basically going to uh, take over for Wayne Enterprises. Um, they did a coup. They did a corporate coup. They did a corporate coup. Bullshit stock market stuff they did. And Daggett was supposed to take over. Uh, it was a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. But Miranda Tate swoops in and, you know, Lucius Fox does his magic Negro magic. <laughs> and I don't know that somehow they were able to snatch it from him. And yeah, that and that's pretty much the last we see of Daggett because he's pissed off. He didn't get what he wants. He, he starts talking reckless to Bane. And Bane tickles him off screen. <laughs> what John Michael means is that the death happens off screen. And the implication is that his neck, he's either strangled or his neck is broken. But it sounds it like sounds... He, like he's being tickled to death. <laughs> we have so many like nitpicks at this movie, but it's not a movie that we dislike. That's no, the crazy no. part about it. We really thoroughly enjoyed this film. Uh, but you know, uh, but <laughs> let's go back to the to to the uh, stock market right. exchange uh, breaking. Great scene, uh, chase scene. The antagonists are on motorcycles. A series of chase movies. scene that happens in the day, but yeah, in one scene later, it's all of a sudden nighttime. Yeah, I, I literally just passing under the bridge. Boom, nighttime. No, uh, yeah, it's it's because uh, we think of the first of all, the stock market is a day trading activity so it has to be the day right because they're not going to be there at night and batman just looks ridiculous riding around on a motorcycle in the daytime so of course they have to do that transition but yeah it makes no sense once again thank you for the nitpick <laughs> like now i feel like i see more characters like that who's like a big ass dude who's like kind of smart right right but like yeah he was like really it's fucking scared me though yeah. like it was just like if i met this dude in real life yeah he just, like, just towered over it yeah, it's just Walking the fact he was so smart that made him confident. Yeah, told you I'm gonna beat your butt. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, he wasn't really he. Bane was not ostentatious in his actions; like they were all necessary, basically. I would right, say, right. like when Batman and Bane actually first come to blows, you know, Bane just walks in there very slowly. It's Batman who's making it all about theatricality and stuff like that, you know. Uh, he comes in and he looks at him and he goes, "Bang!" And he's like, "Oh, let's not stand on ceremony yeah, here, Mister Wayne." You know, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, he, he comes in the voice. He come, they come in together and they clash. <laughs> it's the clash of the titans. It's, I would say. I wouldn't say that. I'd say Batman went in swinging. Yeah, and, and, the he, and Bane's just taking him like, uh, 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 and then finally he catches that 
that that right hook. Peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated Victory you. Victory has defeated you. Which Ooh, basically means the fuck out of him over that ledge. Which is such a great quote because basically it means like you you've been doing nothing for eight years. You've been pussyfoot. You're soft now. You You're right. soft. You know, war. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Peace right. has made you brittle. War has made me stronger. Yeah. I, Bane drops bars through this whole thing. Like right. everything he says is just Shakespearean. Really? Yeah, and it's just like it, it, it's it's bar after bar after bar. Like the right. like you said, uh, uh, victory has made you weak. Yep. yep. He's like you fight like a younger man he's with nothing like, held back, nothing held admirable back. but mistaken. Exactly. He's right. just like you gotta you gotta like you might want to fill this out. You might want to test the temperature before you just jump in like right, that because right. he's you know he's getting winded. He's just like <sighs> you know Batman's breathing heavy after he's just like. Welling into this rhinoceros, like right. this dude's, it just looks like his punches take no. Mind you, he's fighting with like carbon fiber gloves mm-hmm. that are just like a supposed to be like a brick, right? But it doesn't do anything because Bane is just—he's from that. He's like from a uh, when they give you the story, he's just like he's born from in this fucked up place. Like he—he's not a rich kid in a mansion right. with a butler. Like he was born in hell. And had to climb out of hell that's to survive. That's what he said. That he said. He's just like, we're not the same. Like, this is yeah, not even. I made it. Yeah. 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 So when Batman basically turns off the lights, he, he, Bane just mocks him. He's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, theatrical. Well, first, first and foremost, he throws a bunch of basically puff smoke. Puff smoke you know, what a. What are those right, little things right. that little kids pop on the ground on the 4th of July? Little pop poppers. Rocks, little, pop rocks, little, little poppers. Yeah, poppers. That's yeah. basically what Batman throws at him. He's like, oh, theatricality and deception. Powerful agents to the uninitiated. But we are initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Members of the League of Shadows. You know, and that was a great line in itself. But then probably the most, you know, iconic line from that particular fight is when he's like, when he basically uses the EMP uh, technology that Lucian gave him that's not very well explained in the movie at all. But he uses that EMP technology, turn out the lights, and Bane just, ah, you think darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. And by then, it was nothing to me but blinding. blinding. But the emphasis that he puts on blinding, he grabs... that nigga out the shadow. Yeah, he grabs him, and then he's like... Uh, the shadows betray you because they belong to me. You know, yeah. it's like you think you know the dark. You know nothing of the dark. Yeah, well, it's a double. It's also a double play because the, the League of Shadows right. will train Bruce to mm-hmm. be Batman. Like you ain't shit without the League. Right. And I'm the bat. Like I'm you plus minus all that weak rich boy stuff. Right. You know, essentially, they both look at the world in the same way in the terms of it's corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, it needs to be broken down. The criminals have no uh, place in society, but the means they, you know, use to get it. Of course, one follows the League of Shadows. We got to burn that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And the other one is just like, we, we can't kill people. But, you know, it, it's a beautiful scene. It's just a wonderful fight with wonderful dialogue. And then, it, you know, leads up to. I was like, when, when's Batman going to. Because it's pretty still early in the movie, like first yeah. quarter of the movie. And it's yeah. just like, how's Batman going to get out of this? Like, is, is he going to call in like a, a bat helicopter again? Mm-hmm. Is he going to, Lucia's going to save him? Or Batmobile going to bust through the wall? Bane continues to whoop his ass and then does the comic accurate backbreaker. Like, the, I broke the bat. Yes. 
And, you know, he pretty much tells him, like, I, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to. Oh, and then he steals his armor. Yeah. He says, I'll, he said, I will show you where I've made my home while preparing to bring justice. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, still great lines going on. Uh, and he said, basically tells him that, you know, I'm going to break you, but I'm not going to kill you. Right. That's the whole purpose of this exercise. Like you haven't been broken down into your finest elements. You haven't been taken to your lowest point. You're still just although broken in half, I want to I want to destroy you mentally. So over this course of time, which is once again not adequately explained, it's this period of months that go by where Batman is actually imprisoned somewhere in the Middle East. Santa Prisca. <laughs> it's supposed to be Santa Prisca. Okay. Well, but it, yeah. Somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere in a prison, and what is the proverbial um Lazarus pit in Nolan's universe. The Lazarus pit from the comics is something completely different, but this is his version of the Lazarus pit, this deep, dark prison that Alfred warned him about, like at the beginning of the movie, like, hey, you don't want to do this. It's <laughs> much uh ancient ancient part of the world. Yeah. So right. Bane puts him traps him here and basically, you know, forces him to watch the destruction of Gotham over yeah. the next few months as he basically holds it at holds it hostage i I don't even want to say it's hostage but at the same time it's almost not he's letting the poor devour the rich well he's preventing any sort of outside aid from getting in uh he's he's put bombs on the bridges and he has a nuclear bomb in the middle of the city where you know it can detonate if anybody tries to move there and yeah, it's just a situation where he lets poor people do whatever they want. Like, if you want to go fuck shit up, you want to go riot, go ahead and do it. And people are like, okay. And they do this because... Tell me twice. They do this because he exposes Gordon and Batman's lies. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he tell... There's a confession note from Commissioner Gordon that Sorry, he... Sorry, nothing to pick on that one. He wrote a confession note. Right. And then he just carried it around on him. At all times. At all times, in case that press conference... Ever came back up and he wanted to come clean. <laughs> you think he just sat there and rocked? You think he like just just worked on it, just kept making drafts of it? <laughs> Probably. Like, but it was his resignation. Remember, he wanted to resign yeah, as commissioner. Yeah, speech. But yeah. he didn't have the balls to do it. And so basically at this point, Gotham has been taken, taken over because Bane exposes the corruption and lies of what the Dent Act was initially. I don't see people getting that mad. Well, but this, like you're getting criminals off the street. Like it's too safe out here, guys. <laughs> but basically, he used it, which is not explained well, as a way to show how the aristocracy manipulates the common man. Why did they believe Bane? I mean, he was such a great guy. I mean, he blew. <laughs> like he he blew up. Forgery. He's like, he's like, look, I'm gonna blow up this. <laughs> This uh, football field. Uh, do you remember the football field scene, Ralph, where uh, Bane basically kills all the bit of the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, I, okay, I, so I didn't see that. Uh, remember that scene? No, yeah, no. it was it was featured heavily in, uh, in the trailers in the trailers, which I wish they wouldn't have put it in. That, it could have been as good as the truck flip scene. That's just uh, a crazy thing to see, like the whole football field crumbling under your feet. Yeah, he blows up the football field. He get he goes out there there and gives this a uh, speech about how 
you know, God, God from do as you wish, you know, we want you to, uh, you know, we're, we're basically going into martial law at this time. And uh, this is what we're going to do. I'm the ruler now. And, you know, we have this uh, bomb, you know, the trigger man will remain a mystery. We mm-hmm. don't know who it is, but this bomb will go off if any, there's any outside interference from, uh, of course, the, you know, federal government, et cetera, et cetera. So while Gotham is basically under martial law and, you know, the events of this are all happening, you know, we go back and forth with uh, Bruce Wayne, who is in a hallucinogenic hallucinogenic state where he's seeing Ra's al Ghul or for for the purposes of this film, Ra's al Ghul. With a cameo uh, by Liam Neeson uh, reprising his role telling him important plot details that very important information that shouldn't be revealed by a ghost so it's interesting it's nolan don't think about it don't, too much. Well, yes it's, it's nolan don't think about it too much but you know uh basically batman has his broken back and, and he's just you know shell of himself he has to watch the destruction of gotham which <laughs> I didn't know that there was electricity supplied to this prison. The hell, the pit in hell, yeah. Yeah, that was Bane's Cheeto uh, setup. Yeah, like it, it, the prison setup is actually interesting. You're probably about 300 feet deep in the ground. Uh, there are zero guards. Yeah, it's like I don't know who's to stop anyone from coming in and ha- like getting the prisoners loose, right? Or like the person who actually makes it out the hole just puts a rope down and it's like, oh, come on out. Helicopter rescue. Yeah, anything. I mean, but it's later revealed that this has been done before. (laughs) Yeah, they tell it's it's been done before and none of these guys think, let's work together. Let's make like a human chain. (laughs) Like one on top of the next. We'll get there. Let's go. Right, right. Instead, they just think about how to I don't know, kill little kids who happen to be in the prison somehow. Right. But no, it's uh, a Nolan nitpick, I guess. Yeah, um, and, and then how he heals his back. The doctor basically karate, like There's a doctor, by the way. Yes. Thank God there's a doctor in this hell pit. There, there, not only is there a doctor... Okay, no. The guy who heals his back is not actually a doctor. The doctor is the blind man who actually saved Bane's life. Remember? Yeah. He's and then doctor. the guy is just a guy translating for the doctor who just so happens to have these be crazy, a chiropractor, be a chiropractor and just punches Bruce Wayne in the back. That's saying, how you fix a broken yeah. back. <laughs> it it dummy. Uh, you punch it. it in the back. Good. Right. It heals it. So that is a <laughs> significant <laughs> nitpick, but. That's a significant nitpick. Um, what do you think the hill, like the like the bedtime for a back break would be? Because he immediately starts trying to climb, and then he like yeah, he, he should have got his like back right. rebroken a few times. Yeah, he fell down like several times. Because that's another okay. This is another nitpick of the film, and I hate to do this, but <laughs> rather than showing just like a like a quick montage of this happening, Nolan is making this huge buildup to them, him going up, trying to escape and falling over and over and over again. And I'm just like, you know what? This could have done more succinctly. 
It's uh, also your dedication. Right? Yeah, Still, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I guess so. I made you don't it. understand it. He's rising. Right. Why right. he rising up? And this is a time where like rising had to be in the title, yeah. like Rise of the right, Planet right. of the Apes. Uh, that was a good movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it Pacific oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Realm Rising? Yeah. You know. Terrible. So right. that was terrible. <laughs> right. Right. So you know, it, you know, there's this chant that Hans Zimmer basically came up with in when he was composing the film or whatever and nolan liked it so much that he, i guess he put it into the film so i can't i can't remember yeah basically and nolan was actually against the chant being in the gotham's reckoning bane's you know theme song, theme song but hans zimmer convinced him he's like hey you know Listen to this. This is what I what he's I like. Hey, I'm Hans Zimmer. He's like you're, you. You, I, you do what you do. I'll do what I he's do. He's like I, I composed the Lion King. Okay, <laughs> go, go flip a truck over. Or something. Right. right. He's he like he composes I, everything. Yes. Every ep- epic Steven Spielberg movie. Every no, like no. he's the go to guy. Well, no, I think initially he's the he's the new John Williams. Basically, John Williams was a guy who did. Like Star Wars, and he did uh, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but now Hans Zimmer, of course, most notably, you know him from. Yes, but you know him from The Lion King. He composed that soundtrack, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Man of Steel. I mean, it's just his. It's just on and on. Inception. He is the premier proposer in Hollywood. He's composed for. I say proposer. Yeah, <laughs> I think proposer. I said proposer. Composer in Hollywood. I mean, he composes for video games, TV shows. He's been parody, as you said, on South Park with his bombs. That's that's a yeah. focal point of his music. But um, and then all trailers started using that for like five years. <laughs> right, right. Even if they're not on Zimmer's ripoff. Yeah. But basically, the the chant translates to rise. Like that's a lot of words for just rise. Yes, he's yeah. like because Bruce Wayne asked the man, he's like, "What does that mean?" Rise. He's kill the white, uh, kill the I white just, man. I say that. I say that part. So basically, from you know, from that point on, you know, we get that whole little thing where he's climbing up, etc. Et we can't do it without the rope. We can't do it without the rope and because there was a child who lived here once right. and they got out, but they did it without the rope. It was just like, that child does not have the lower body strength to propel themselves. Right. It was just like, oh, it's, it's Christopher Nolan. I don't even yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it gets a little bit confu- Spider-Man, confusing. Spider-Man, I forgot Spider-Man But basically this whole time, the, the federal government is trying to get, say, the city citizens of Gotham. Uh, they fail. So, you know, who they turn to? Batman. Batman comes back. We don't know exactly how Batman gets from this remote part of the Middle East to the United States. Before we get to that nitpick, let's go to another nitpick. They trap all the cops in the sewers yes. and then don't kill. They actually feed them. They're like giving them supplies to survive. And it's just like, why? And these are going to be the cops that assemble an them. army against Bane. And it's just like, you should have killed them. Bane, you're too smart for this. Right. But, yeah, uh, I will say... Gotham PD is the most incompetent police force. And we talked about that 
on the Dark Knight. That was our a small nitpick of the Dark Knight. But in this one, it's just like, okay, you you send every single cop except John Blake, it seems, and Foley and as the main leaders of the force. Now, everybody else, I say about 90% of the force is underground. Yeah. Uh, but... But yes, progress. I had to go back to that nitpick about why oh, Bane would keep these cops alive. Why would you keep them alive? Why don't you just kill them? It's, it's not. I understand Batman part. keeping him alive. Yeah. You're sick son of a bitch. You want to see him? He killed Raz Al Ghul. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Right. The, the cops. You literally killed a CIA guy at the beginning of this movie. You, you've been killing people left and right. You kill your henchmen for mm-hmm. fucking up. Like, why are you going to keep the cops around? Right. Are they going to serve some bigger purpose later? No, you're going to set the bomb off and kill them anyways. Exactly. You would think. Answer me, Nolan. Yep. So, basically, at this time, what, Catwoman's just enjoying the fruits of every, the chaos that's kind of going on. You know, she's forgotten about her quote-unquote clean slate, which we didn't even bring up, which is a ridiculous ex machina for Catwoman. So another nitpick, huh? Yeah, another nitpick. Uh, no, the, I'm going to get to one of my biggest nitpick, and it has to do with Catwoman, but it's not Catwoman. It's her little friend that has no importance <laughs> or relevance to this movie whatsoever. Her The, the character Jen, played by Juno Temple, uh, who's Catwoman's friend in this film that has zero importance to the plot whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't know the character's name or the actress's name. Yeah, I just knew there was a person who played Catwoman's friend, who's a little thief. Yes, but you know, I mean, man, we are really nitpicking this. Film. I'm sorry, <laughs> we had some things that like we're smart people. Like I expect to be like, show me a movie for smart people. Like he, Nolan's too smart to be doing this shit to be like, yeah, DNA works this way. Yeah, uh, he can break his back and mend it. You know, just fuck it, whatever, just do it. And it's just like. I feel like he just wanted to get done with it. Like that's probably like that the ending scene where he's just like, "I'm ready to go." It's just like I feel like that was Nolan telling us, "Like I'm done. Right. Like enjoy what I've given you. It's over." Right. Because <laughs> we have gripes about the ending as well. Yeah, that's probably why. Like you can't you can't please everybody. Like no, there was a better way of doing that. Uh, but a lot. There's a lot better way. We haven't even got we haven't even got into a lot of the nitpicks towards the end. But basically, Bruce Wayne gets back to Gotham, and he's, you know, he's like, I gotta be Batman again. So he becomes Batman again to say, reunites with, uh, Joe, basically, uh, Commissioner Gordon. I was gonna say, not Alfred, because Alfred Alfred's leaves Batman. For, in an inexplicable reason, say, I don't wanna see you get hurt anymore, so I'm just gonna leave. And we don't know where Alfred is. Uh, and then basically, Jonathan Blake's character and Commissioner Gordon's character are basically keeping the citizens of Gotham afloat at this time, you know, devising plans to try to usurp Bane's power to foil him, et cetera, et cetera. So when Batman comes back into play, he basically, they basically join forces and convince Foley, another character that pointless, pointless in this movie. Uh, and I'll get to a gripe about him shortly, but, uh, we get to get him to join forces, basically, to take down Bane. They come up with this idea to steal these um, one of the armored vehicles 
uh, which are which are the Tumblr. Uh, no, they're not the Tumblr. Uh, the Tumblr's regarding the, the Tumblr. The Tumblr's regarding one of three vehicles. One of them will have the bomb on it. So right, kept it moving. So. It just kept it moving at all times uh, during. You know what I just thought? Right. Did you that? If they're moving, if these cars are moving all the time, and Gotham is cut off from the outside world, who's bringing the gasoline to fuel these cars? Mm. Yeah, because they, they would take a lot of gasoline. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's only so many gas stations in the city. You got to mind you, the citizens are still using the gas stations as well. Christopher Nolan. Okay, that's just something I just com- just thought of. I mean, and, the whole infrastructure of the city would be down. So it's like there's no one to pump the gas, even if there is gas. Right. But I mean, there's no. I've never seen a gas station in Gotham City. Well, but. Anyway, long story short, as we approach the ending of this film, we find out that the child that escaped the prison in the Middle East. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. Because everybody knew this was the case when they cast Marion Cotillard. Yeah, we don't know her. (laughs) Marion Cotillard as uh, Miranda Tate. We knew she wasn't Miranda Tate. We knew that she would be. Uh, Talia Al Ghul. Well, they told us she Talia Al Ghul was going to be in the yeah. movie. There's only two women, one's Catwoman. Right. And so basically, 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 it's revealed that, you know, Bane has been working for Talia, who is Miranda Tate, who has basically been devising this plan ever since uh, Batman killed uh, her father, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, biggest nitpick of the movie to me. Uh, you just diminished everything Bane just did. Right. By making like, him a henchman. Oh, you weren't that smart. Oh, no, you really were just a henchman. Yeah, right. okay. Good job, Nolan. Right. I don't know why Nolan puts these last-minute villains in his movie like he did with Two-Face in the last five minutes. Well, I, my overall nitpick of the Talia character is that he doesn't do the Talia character any justice. Like they, Bruce Wayne and Talia al Ghul in the comics books they have a whole child yeah i mean right yeah they, I, I was kind of confused on that too yeah they have a whole deep deep love like okay. i mean s- s- him and selena kyle's relationship okay you know right. that's that's fine and dandy in the comics and the animated series but in in the comics it's really talia yeah. who he lusts over who he loves deeply and i just Thought that she's a killer. Right. She's an right. assassin. She right. she breaks his one rule every single day. Yes, and but he can't get enough can't of that. Enough of that. Crazy. Yeah, when they had his son named Damien. Damien. Yeah. Damien Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Damien Wayne. He was a bad boy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see boy. him in film version though. Yeah, for real. For real. Real badass. Yeah, yeah badass I would. Dude. I would. You know, he takes over the Robin moniker at one point in time. Right. You know, so yeah. I mean, it, we'll get to Robin. God almighty. What's but, Robin? <laughs> this one's Robin. <laughs> Nolan's, Nolan's Robin, Robin, Robin uh, which is not a good Robin. Uh, so basically, uh, basically they got to stop the bomb. They succeed in stopping the bomb, and Batman sacrifices himself uh, prior to this and uh, takes the bomb uh, only 
four miles away. It looks like with the plane that the, the the thing that doesn't have autopilot, right? That they just didn't have time to put autopilot in for yeah. ten years. Yeah, the bat. So uh, not a clever name either. Detonates the bomb over the away from the city. Even if he did detonate the bomb away four miles away from the city, it's like, yay, Batman detonated the bomb. Oh no, nuclear radiation. Right, we're screwed. <laughs> right. 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 And so basically that's another <laughs> nitpick from this film. But basically afterwards, you know, story ends, Batman's perceived as a moderator, a moderator. Somebody has to take murderer before, but moderator now. Right. So basically Somebody has to take up the mantle. mantle as Batman, and that is Jonathan Blake, the most milk toast char- <laughs> character of all time. That's another nitpick. I didn't like that he was just like, I knew you were Batman. Oh, the way you had a look just, on your he face. He had a look. He looked at me. I was like, you're t- telling me like a seven-year-old can figure yeah, it out? Yeah, yeah. Stop looking at kids that way. You know, <laughs> you know what I thought would have been a far better person to be like, oh, you're you're Batman. I know you're Batman. Was remember in Batman Begins where Batman gives his grappling gun to the little boy who's yeah, plays yeah, by yeah. who's pl- who's played by the actor who plays Joffrey. Now that would have been good to have him reprise his role yeah. all these years later and him say, I knew you were Batman or whatever. You know, I thought that's where Nolan was going. I was like, what is this? What is this? So basically, Jonathan Blake becomes Batman at the end of the film. He, his real name just so happens to be Robin, which is lazy. Yeah, super lazy. Unimaginative Nolan. Yeah, yeah. It was really rushed, it seems. And because she's like, oh, you, because when he's checking out of the, you know, you know, Checking uh, out of the, the safe deposit box. Right? Yeah, safe deposit box that basically Bruce Wayne has left with him. GPS coordinates. Uh, with GPS coordinates to the Batcave, he's getting the deposit box from the teller or whatever. And she's like, oh, you should use your real name, Robin. I like that more. And he just kind of looks at her, smirks, and moves on. And then basically at the end, uh, Alfred um, gets to see Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle out in Italy. So yeah. Bruce Wayne survives apparently, and yeah. Uh, okay, now that we've nitpicked it to death, it's oh uh, yeah, it was a nonstop. It, it wasn't. A, it uh, wasn't. It wasn't a. Do you remember the ending at all, Ralph? No, I didn't get to see the end. Okay, well, I thought it was sad. I mean, it was like. Yeah, I think it would have. I think it would have been. Like, it would have. It would have uh, meant more if they would have actually like pulled the trigger. I think. Yeah, I thought they should have killed. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. I was like, y'all gonna go like full Jesus Christ imagery right now? Go ahead. Well, what would have been good is uh, if Alfred at the end thought that was Bruce Wayne, yeah. and it really wasn't Bruce. I Wayne. I would have been cool with them leaving it ambiguous, like yeah. them like just flat out saying like the autopilot was fixed. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, if it was a nuclear explosion, there is no wreckage you're mm-hmm. going to find. Right. But I just didn't like them. It was just like, yep, we got to give people hope. Like, no, let that man die. Like, right. I just feel like it just took away from the impact. Because I was getting sad, like, in the movie right. when he was yeah. just like, I'm ready. And it was just like, Damn. all right, let's go. Like, Damn. I was cool with it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this man's done everything. He's lost everyone. Right. He like, right. At that point, right. I was just like, let this man lay down yeah, and rest. Go, like, go, he, at this, I looked at it like he had, like, an addiction. Like, 
he wasn't going to be able to live a normal life. Just go right. ahead and do what you need, bro. Yeah. Your, your, your father figure abandoned you. Your girl died. Like, everything. Just, you ain't got no friends. Mom and dad are dead. They got murdered in front of you. Okay. All you got is money, and money don't do nothing for you. Now, it's just, yeah, house and stuff you don't care yeah. about. Stuff you don't care about. So, let me just get into my biggest gripes of the film. Um, <laughs> all right. Now, we had our nitpicks in the about the film but like there are several characters that literally have nothing to do like juno temple's character is jen uh matthew modine's character is foley and daniel sanjata sanjata's uh character as captain jones these people have nothing to do in this film and i'm going to chalk it up to this and it has to be this originally christopher nolan showed a nearly four and a half rough cut of this film to wb of course, you can't put a four and a half hour movie out into theaters. It just fiscally makes no sense. Yeah. So we had to cut, chop, and just edit this thing to the bone, which you can see in the film. There are a lot of quick edits in this film and a lot of things that just don't make sense. So I'm going to take it as their screen time was taken down dramatically. And we know that a lot of scenes were taken out of the film. Because as the costume designer had previously stated in this film, she said she had not seen the movie at the time, but she was describing a mask that was not in the film, mm -hmm. a Bane's mask. She said, you know, when he's, you know, his first mask that he gets in the prison where it's all roughly glued together and stitched together and, you know, kind of helps keep the pain at bay or whatnot. It's very rudimentary, you know, very archaic looking. But then when the league comes in, you know, they, uh, you know, they fashion him this mask, you know, the mask that you see in the film. And I was really proud of my work, et cetera, et cetera, what she was saying. She said, and, you know, she's the costume designer. So she's talking about the stuff that she was seeing on set in which Bane was tortured extensively for the release of uh, helping Talia al Ghul escape, et cetera, uh, uh, protecting uh, Talia al Ghul, helping her escape, et cetera, et cetera. But when the person who was interviewing her was like, that's not in the film. She's like, oh, really? Well, it must have been cut out. It, 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 and it was really, she's like, I was, I was really happy with the work I did for those yeah. things. And then Nolan basically said later on, he's like, yeah, that was like a whole 30-minute segment of the film. And I didn't want it to turn, be like Batman Begins, Bane Begins. But now I'm like, I want to see all that footage that you took out. And so it makes no, like I said, it makes no sense for Liam Neeson to come back in this particular instance because apparently what happened in that 30 minutes that was taken out the film, Bane is taught, you know, trained by the League of Assassins. I mean, the League of Shadows in this film. And, you know, Raz al Ghul is giving him, you know, what to do, tell him what to do, et cetera, et cetera. Training him up, basically. Uh, he's getting the mask. And then, you know, Michael Caine alludes to, you know, this is a man that was too extreme for uh, Raz al Ghul. So, you know, he excommunicated him. So Liam Neeson has more scenes in this film. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that Tali al Ghul has more scenes in this film as well. Um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, what what do you think the chances of them coming back to this film series and doing like a, what they did with the Snyder Cut? Zero. I th I, I'm hearing Chris. Yeah, I'm hearing Christopher Nolan's done with WB. Oh, moving right. on to another. 
unless they get another director to come in, but I, I think it's zero percent chance. I think in like maybe five to ten years. Will. You think he has another movie with Marvel? I think he's done with comic book films. Yeah, he is too way too serious for that. Yeah, but yeah, that's about the movie. Yeah, yeah. So rating, rating time. Uh, out of ten, what would you give it? Um, probably like eight and a half. Eight and a half with all those nitpicks we had. I, I, the problem. <laughs> like I'd say okay. I would give it an eight out of ten. I give it an eight out of ten, but it's one of I like it more than Batman Begins, and I really enjoy this film. What about you? Well, I think I would have to probably give it seven and a half. Seven and a half, okay. But but that's mainly built off of the backs of uh, uh, Tom Hardy and um, Alfred and uh, Michael Caine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, two amazing actors, two great performances. But once you put in all the problems they have with the story, it's only so much I can allot. So I, I gotta just do one more problem. Go ahead, guys. Okay. So knock it down to a seven for me. Okay, so one of the things that is just boggles the mind of two particular actors in this film, and that is uh Matthew Modine's character who plays Foley and uh Marion Cotillard Cotillard. We're having issues pronouncing her name, mm-hmm. but her character with Tali Al Ghul, what they've discussed is Nolan's choice of final shots. There have been several interests, instances in which these two uh, actors have talked about how perplexed they were at their deaths in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Go, go, okay, go, so go that. Foley's character, <laughs> we'll start with Foley's character, of uh, Modine's character is Foley. He's killed off screen. He's uh, the police department and Bane's goons are going at it. You hear some shots, and then you see Foley dead on the ground. That's a that's not a reshoot. It's just an alternate take. The original take was him getting hit by a tumbler and flying hundreds of feet away and dying. That was the original take. But then. Uh, Christopher Nolan said, oh, no, that was too, I thought that would have been too graphic. And he said that the the thud of the stunt driver, I mean, the stunt man hitting the, you know, the tank and everything or the dummy or whatever they use was just really sickening. So he took it out, even though that could have been easily fixed in post-production. Also, Talia Al Ghul's death, she basically whimpers and dies and tries to give this final well, to set up the scene, she's in a car crash. Yeah, falls off a bridge or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overpass. You know, when you've trained your entire life as an assassin, mm-hmm. and everyone knows the leading cause of death in assassins are car accidents. <laughs> and yeah, she just, she, she's I like, have one. <clears throat> it was just like the most super villain yes. death and super comic-y, uh, campy. Yeah, so the actress basically was perplexed why he chose that one because she did not go into detail of the alternate takes that they took, but she said she can't, she honestly can't believe that he chose it basically because it was so bad. And she, by she even admits that it was bad. I mean, but that's what he wanted. And so basically just Christopher Nolan's uh, 
final choices for shots. That's that's my last. That's the last thing I really got I to say about right. this. Uh, the big climactic, uh, the climax is a showdown with Batman and the police officers, which mm-hmm. should have been murdered, and Bane and his uh, army of mercenaries. Now, the police officers, for some reason, have come to this fight with billy clubs. Mm-hmm. And Bane's army, remember, is like armed to the teeth with right. Wayne Tech weapons. But for some reason, they choose to go at it fist to fist, fist to cuffs. Mm-hmm. It's just like no, it should have been a slot. It should have been like the Boston Tea Party right. times a million, mm-hmm. just everybody opening fire. But I, I was just like that. That doesn't understand. They were like, "No, put your guns down. We're gonna fight them one on one." Right. But we can just shoot them, kill them all. No. Yeah, it was pretty silly. So those are that's like a seven and a half. Oh, and Killian Murphy. That's another reason he gets a. Little, little notch up there. Oh, they yes, brought we, back Killian. They didn't have to bring back Killian. Murphy. No, but they did. Scarecrow is such a cool, cool cameo. So Gotham. So that was very Gotham to me. Like, yes, right. they were. Of course, they would have like this kangaroo court. Right. Where they, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, you're, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. Like, Killian Murphy, the fact that they brought him back just for that, I was just like, I, I approve. Yeah, I approve of that as well. So that's it, everybody. The Dark Knight Rises. What do you think about The Dark Knight Rises? Have you seen it? Seen it? I mean... Raphael, what'd you give it? Uh, I mean, some of the parts I've seen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the biggest thing I, I liked about it, though, I tell you, was uh, really seeing my man um, Bruce get his blast for like, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, you know, most of the movies, the, they always got him whooping ass, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other than Joker. He yeah. took a lot of beats and jokers, man. So but I, that was appreciated too. But I, I probably rated it about a five just because I didn't really get to see it all. Oh, I'm, you I know what I mean? Now, if I come back and y'all got me wanting to watch it now, just hear the Nick picks yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to definitely check it out. I'm going to take time and check out some stuff too. So yeah, I give it about a five, man. Yeah, I think it would have definitely been at least an eight and a half had everything ran its course and there mm-hmm. hadn't been any deaths that delayed or changed the story. I don't know. I feel like maybe he was working emotionally, so maybe things weren't right. making sense. You know, people do crazy things in grief, right, so right, right, right. you know. And then and people was talking about like you, that role killed him. Like that could put a lot of uh, guilt on you. Yeah, killed. He like you pleasure. push push that man to death. Like he's, you know, doing it too far on the acting. He's a method actor. But so. he went. He did that for himself, though. He wanted to take that to the next level. I mean, most, act, most actors yeah, want to go there. Yeah, he wanted to Should be you go there? Way. I mean, you know, it was his decision at the end of the day. All we can do is uh, he loved the movie, though. You yeah, know? but I can't he, help but think, like, well, how many great projects. He, he could have done, for sure, for sure. He was just here starting to hit his peak. Yeah, yeah he was. But it was. That one movie he did before that was really popular. He popped off, too. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Brokeback Mountain or... Night's Tale. Back mountain top. <laughs> I didn't watch I that. Back <laughs> see, I'm trying to think of it. Night's Tale. Patriot. 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 I think it was Patriot. Night's Tale was okay. Patriot was early 2000. Yeah, Night's Tale was, cool was okay. It was. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch no Brokeback Mountain, though. But, uh, yeah, that concludes our movie review for The Dark Knight Rises. Um, got anything else you want to add, brother? Uh, no, not really. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I love you all dearly. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, music for the episode is once again going to be brought to us by Irv the Phenom with his song. Uh, he is providing for us today entitled 
A lot done change. He's also a nominee for the Kansas City's People's Choice Award for Best Male Hip Hop Artist. So be sure to check out all those nominees. Special shout out to everybody in there who is nominated. Oh, Raphael, nominated for yeah. Best Male uh, Massage Therapist. Also, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to do an interview with you. Just get your layout, uh, let people know what your what your layout is looking like. I appreciate that. Let folks yeah. know how they can get a hold of you. But yeah, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. But yeah, uh, love this movie. I love doing these film talks. Uh, you might hear Raphael more if he wants to come on more. I'm always open for you. Coming and talking to us, you say you want to do the relationship talk. Yeah, I so. definitely want to do that one. I think that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to get Eric on the relationship talk. Well, no, man. I think I think, I, think no. I would like to hear you. I would. No, I would like no, to hear no, you, man. No, it's okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I can't give any kind of relationship advice. No, it's not about the advice. I'm not qualified to yeah, give any kind of advice either. Uh, no. not about the advice. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good time. Yeah, right, right. All right, well, everyone, thank you again for listening. We continue, we continue to thank you for your continued support. I'm Eric Hawthorne. I'm Dan Banks. And this is Urban Alchemy Podcast. Until next time. We will catch you all later. Stay blessed and stay safe. Peace. A lot done changed. They say I'm different. A lot more change. And the crib got bigger. Say I ain't the same. I won't argue with you. Yeah, a lot done. A lot done. A lot done changed. A lot done changed. Yeah, yeah. They say I'm different. A lot more change. And the crib got bigger. Say I ain't the same. I won't argue with you. A lot done. A lot done. A lot done. I used to be broke as a joke on the gang. Nowadays I'm laughing my way to the bank. Used to be scraping up duckets to gas up the bucket and only throw five in the tank. Now it be foreign when I'm switching names. Used to believe when they told me I came. Damn, I was tripping because I've been that nigga. Thank God that I finally realized I'm the man. She usually my ass on red. Now I got my abs on the head. Used to blow packs to the ridge, but now I blow gas instead. I used to think that I was too black to sunburn. I was wrong now. They on the block till I got focused and thought up a plot. For real and no faking, won't give it. I take it. These play, I be making my way to the top. Used to be hitting up niggas for features, but now it's fucking. I'm hogging the beat up. I'm still a beast, but now I'm a creature. Spitting out fire and pissing out ether. Uh, can't see the y'all in your speakers. Uh, was trailing them, now I'm the leader. Uh, the hating is minor. This paper is major. I studied it, now I'm a teacher. Uh, listen up and I'm a teacher. I'm in the game and they still in the bleachers. Landing Atlanta, the hit Magic City, get tossed up the door like a pizza. She said that she missed the old me. I don't, cause that was the broke me. I spent a lot of time, cause I didn't grind. Shit was killing me slowly. Had to get back on my focus. Stacking the bag after bag after bag is the motive. Chicks I was trying to bag, start to holler back. Been so locked in, I ain't even noticed. My mind been devoted to being the coldest. In LA, I'm popping down south from the throatest. Midwest, I'm the dopest. So when I'm East Coast, and dead ass, I'm the go. Got my foot on the throat, and I used to be merciful. Not anymore. Used to pay niggas to jump on the show. Now the back and come through before I step in the door. I'm doing it like it ain't been. A lot done changed. They say I'm different. A lot more change. And the crib got bigger. Say I ain't the same. I won't argue with you. A lot done. A lot done. A lot done. A lot done change.
Aladdin. 